Hello and welcome to the podcast of TechU. I am your host, Andre Degeler. In our today's episode, I would like to share with you a conversation that I recorded back in September at Tech Barbecue in Copenhagen with Susanna Lauritsen, uh, the CEO at Raffle AI. I am Susanne Lauritsen. I'm the CEO of Raffle AI. We do enterprise search, next generation enterprise search. Right. What is enterprise search? Enterprise search is when you can search in documents or in emails or in any system, basically, or also on your website. So there are other enterprise searches today. There are many enterprise searches today, but uh, like Elastic, Algolia and others, but um, they are more traditional. Uh, so they are based on keywords and um, and uh, you have to, you know, you have to know the right word. You have to know the person that you actually wrote the email to. You have to know what you're looking for, basically, because what you're writing is what you're getting. Uh, and uh, the uh, next generation enterprise search is different. It's very different. It's like it's like uh, going from the stationary phone to the mobile phone sort of thing. <laughs> so next generation enterprise search is based on AI. And that means that it actually uh, knows the context and intent of what you're asking. So you don't have to use the exact words. You don't have to be specific. Uh, you don't have to know exactly what you're looking for. And that just makes the search results so much better and so much more accurate because it actually thinks like a human being. So it reads the text. You can say traditional searches are like dictionaries. So you don't get the meaning and the context or the intent of it. But if you read a book, you actually get the meaning and the intent and, and the context. And that is the difference between traditional search and reference. Okay, this, uh, okay, this sounds very interesting. Can you tell me more about the company, like how big it is right now? How, how much funding have you raised, uh, like the numbers? Yes, we are 25 employees today. We have raised uh, $3.5 million. And we are currently actually actively going for a funding round next month or the month after. Uh, and that's going to be an A round. Right. So how, how, how does it actually work? So how is it, uh, how is it different from like normal search engines and uh, why is it different? It's different because uh, it understands you. So, uh, so like, like I said before, like when you have a book that you actually read the book, you understand the book. So you know what it's all about, unless you fell asleep, of course. <laughs> <laughs> But search functions don't fall, fall asleep. That's also a good thing about search functions. They're there for 24-7. <laughs> so it actually understands what the meaning is. Whereas traditional search is like a dictionary. So it's it's um, it's like it's built up by words and keywords and tagging, and you have to be very very specific when you search in traditional search. I don't know if you if you have experienced it yourself, but many there's been written a lot of research um, about how much time actually you know a normal workday goes with just trying to find information in your company, and that is a lot. And also, if they then don't find the information. People actually tend to recreate information, and that takes even longer. <laughs> so there are lots of costs involved in having poor search. It's just uh, it's, it's really an area where you can have a, a very very big quick win just having a great search that understands what you are what, what you are actually talking about. <laughs> and uh, can, can you and give examples of uh, uh, your customers? Like what sort of companies uh, uh, would benefit most uh, from this kind of search? We, um, I would say, customers that are um, a bit larger. So we have, uh, our threshold is actually uh, how many customers they do have. Mm -hmm. 
So if they have more than uh, 20,000 unique visitors on their websites every uh, every month, they are interesting for us. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much about uh, the industry or... Um, or exactly how big they are, is more about how big a customer base do they actually have. Because if they have a big customer base, they um, they would want a search function that actually works really well on their website so that the customers can actually find the answers themselves and go to self-service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, or they would want a search function internally in their customer service where the customer service employees actually get fed with answers directly so that they don't have to spend time actually looking for information, not finding it being frustrated about it. And if they have a certain uh, certain amount of customers, they also have maybe an intranet. They have um, some, some uh, you know, quite some employees that has to service these customers and service each other, so to speak, as colleagues. So they also need a search function corporately where they can find information across these different systems. So uh, that's how we... Uh, so, so we are basically for all customer or all companies in all sorts of areas and industries, but it's more dependent on how 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 big um, how big a customer base do you actually have. Can you name any of, uh, let's say, more prominent uh, clients that you've got? Uh, yes, we have, uh, within the telecommunication, we have uh, companies like Telmore, uh, we have uh, unions, we have CA and Krifa in Denmark. Uh, we, have, um, we have retailers like uh, Coop, and uh, Ilva, um, we have um, SAS uh, solution products where they have a lot of manuals and stuff like that that they want to search in, um, and that is uh, that is for example Visma, but also Unicanta. Um, we have uh, quite a lot of success actually within the consumer service areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be for example Eat My Bill, Free Trailer. It would be viable, which is also basically in the financial sector. And now when we're talking financial sector, we also have, you know, insurance companies like Kodan, uh, that is uh, one of the largest in Denmark. Uh, so we have sort of a, a quite a wide variety, also private hospitals. Mm-hmm. We also have private, quite a lot of private hospitals. So so we have a quite a, 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 a sort of um, vast um, var- um, variety of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of companies. Uh, does it mean that uh, the engine is only working with Danish language? No, uh, this is actually, those companies are both in Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Germany, France, and the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course it speaks English as well. So, uh, but those are the, uh, we, we basically, Raffle speaks, understands any language. If you, if we look into, um, if we look into Spanish, for example, a Spanish website, it would understand when you, when you make Spanish questions. Um, if you look into a French website or French systems where you have French data, it would understand when you, when you look it up uh, by uh, asking uh, French questions. So it doesn't matter what language it is, and that is also because it's built on the newest within artificial intelligence it can do a lot today much more than than we well or than i knew before <laughs> i could uh. right. and uh, from what i read uh, this uh, product uh, is rooted uh, upon uh, uh, some university research so can you t- yes. tell more about that how did uh, how, how did you actually uh, stumble upon this research and uh, how did you commercialize it 
Actually, it was the other way around. Uh-huh. I actually stumbled across a professor at the university, and I told him about my vision and my idea. And uh, and I did that because I was hoping that he could point me to some geniuses that mm. could actually do this for me or for us or for Raffle. Uh, but then he said after 20 minutes, I want to be part of this. Uh, he thought it was really good timing. It was a great idea, he said, and he really believed in it. So we formed a, a company together and then we started the research okay. to do it. So uh, it wasn't actually university driven. It was uh, driven by Raffle on a commercial perspective, of actually just finding information and a frustration not finding it. Right. And can you tell me more about like the field right now? Because I have uh, zero knowledge about the uh, enterprise research uh, sort of field. So what's the landscape like? What the competition is like? Uh, are there any other companies doing different things maybe from you? Uh, what's, it from, what's it like from your point of view? Yes. No, no, we do have, uh, well, we have colleagues, I would say more, because we have, uh, there are companies that do something like us, but they do it for a different segment or in a different context. Um, so actually, we are more complementary to their services uh, than we are competitors. We're not really competitors. Um, we do have competitors, but that is more in the traditional space. So if you have Elastic, Algolia, Um, you have Amazon Kendra, mm-hmm. uh, you have others, uh, Solar, and um, others that uh, that have sort of that are sort of the baseline of of traditional search, uh, and those would eventually be competitors because you wouldn't need both. <laughs> um, so um, so it's, it's it's more or less like disrupted. We we have disrupted this market. Um, so like you know uh, the the camera was disrupted by digital camera. It doesn't really look different. Mm-hmm. Well, not that much. It looks a bit different, of course, but uh, it is very different, right? And it's a very different way of, uh, you know, thinking the whole thing and processing it. And it's a whole different organization. In the, in the in traditional um, search, you would have a lot of engineers that would engineer the solution, tweak it, try to do it better, and stuff like that. In in our case, we have a lot of data scientists, machine learning, who is more on you know vector based mathematics, physics. Uh, so it's just uh, and and it's not to say that we don't have engineers. Of course, we do have engineers to actually make the actual products on top of the AI, but it is AI first. So we have a core of AI, and then we engineer on top of that. Whereas uh, the traditional searches, they have a core of engineered sort of system, mm-hmm. like a normal system. And then they maybe have some AI on top, but that's just very difficult to apply to a normal system. And do you think at some point uh, in the future we are going to have uh, this uh, sort of search uh, replace all other kinds of search, like uh, for online, for example? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think Google is doing an amazing job when it comes to the consumer world. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think in the corporate world, we'll see a massive shift uh, towards uh, AI-driven search functions. No doubt about it. It would be the same as we in the 90s said, no, 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 no. I want to keep my stationary phone. I don't want that mobile <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it would be the same thing. And, and of course, in, in the beginning, it's a one-to-one, but you can do so much more with an artificial um, intelligence search, like you could do so much more with a mobile phone. Today, a mobile phone is not even uh, used the most to actually call out from. 
and 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 that is sort of because that's more sort of a computer or so. But um, but and it's the same with an artificial search. You can do so much more. You can drive so much more intelligence within it. You can do voice to text. You can do you can do a lot of things that you you would never be able to do in a traditional search. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I also wanted to ask something else. Uh, right uh, before we started the recording, you said that you were on stage and talking about something totally different uh, about uh, startups and politics. Uh, can you can you just uh, outline it for me, like real quick? What what is it? What is it that you were arguing for? Uh, yes, it's because we have this group, or uh, the Danish um, Commerce or Chamber of Commerce have um, have picked out some founders in Denmark and made a group. Uh, where we have uh, come up with suggestions for the uh, political world uh, on on what to change and what to do different. Um, and one of the things that I am sort of pleading for is uh, that we get education uh, in um, in entrepreneurship down to the first grade or primary school, uh, because I think it's a cultural thing that you can actually you can actually see yourself as an entrepreneur as well as you can see yourself as a dentist or a lawyer or any other. Um, a subject. Uh, so an entrepreneur is it's very, my, my argue is because I've done this a couple of times before and sold my companies, it's actually a very, very structured process. And it's not just about the idea. The idea is a given. It has to be a good idea, of course, uh, or you won't get anywhere. <laughs> uh, but it's everything around that idea that is so important to know something about. And if you don't know it, and if you're just sort of trying things out, then you are very likely not to succeed. And we can see that in statistics that 93% of all the startups actually don't succeed. And it's not only very, very um, expensive for society, it's also very expensive for the human beings behind. So if we can get that into school on a much, much uh, sooner um, state, then I, I, I would think that I've done my part in the political world for entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> How would you teach a primary school kid entrepreneurship though? It's actually very, very easy, uh, I think, uh, because I it can be anything. I mean, if you are in primary school, it could be, you know, you want to do um, a business where you sell ice cream. So how would you go about that? How would you find, you know, the right location? How would you find the right staff? How would you go about doing your accounts? And your income statement. How would you go about if you wanted some investors to invest in your uh, ice cream store? How would you do that? How you know there are so many things. How would you have your sales tactics? How would people have to be um, you know taught and trained to actually be in the ice cream store? And you can you can do stuff like that, which is very sort of concrete and very. And then you have all these different subjects that you can actually bring together. And you would also, I think it would also be very inclusive because you would also see that some kids are really good at selling. Some kids are really good at accounting. Some kids are really good at, you know, finding the right location or maybe they're really creative. They're really good at making the signs, you know, and everything like that. So so you could actually see that you have a talent for something very early also. And, and that could also help you in other perspectives, I think. So I think for primary school, it could be as simple as that. And then you can, when you when you hit sort of um, the older classes, you can begin to be more complex. It could be begin to be more sort of what is an innovation, and and how would I go about actually getting venture capital, and how would I, you know, sort of more, you know, bigger stuff. 
But uh, but I I think it would be really easy to make really fun classes that uh, students would love to go to, but also where you can actually learn a lot and learn uh, yeah much more probably than in many other subjects because you you actually have the subject in the subject right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And do you think it's actually realistic to get these sort of uh, education in uh, Danish schools in this case? Yes, I do think it's realistic. Uh, I do think so. Um, So um, it's just about, I think it's just about saying, well, if you want a cultural change in Denmark and you want more uh, entrepreneurs that actually are successful, because we don't need entrepreneurs that are not successful, you know, <laughs> we, need, we need successful entrepreneurs that can create, you know, jobs for themselves and jobs for others. Uh, we need to make money and we need, we need the growth and we need more uh, female, for example, also. We don't need to talk about the female perspective. We just need to talk about well, if you wanted, if you want a cultural change, you want to start with the kids, because that's where you start when you want a cultural change. You don't start with older people, <laughs> like me. So, uh, so that's uh, I, I mean, my kids they are talking about entrepreneurship as the most you know. So we could also do that. We can also do something else. I mean, it's not like it's 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 not a it's not a given that they want to be entrepreneurs maybe they actually don't want to because they can see you know it's always like that you know you see your parents and you don't want to be what they are maybe <laughs> but uh, but 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 they but they know about it and they know they know about it from me because i'm just talking about it as it was the most sort of common thing right right yeah no, no that that makes a um, makes a lot of sense i guess but also then who is going to teach it Yeah, I think of course you would need um, you would need teachers to understand what entrepreneurship is about. But as I said before, it is actually very very structured, and mm -hmm. there has been written lots of books about entrepreneurship. So it's not like you have to invent the wheel here, or you have to do something completely different than if you have a mathematics uh, hour or you know uh, an art uh, class or whatever. So and and actually you can bring them as I said before you can bring it together. So it could actually you have art, mm -hmm. you have mathematics in your accounts or you know you have to take this amount of of money for an ice cream because else you won't you you know you won't earn any money if you don't take 20 kroners. You can't just take five, you know. And and so forth. So you have mathematic principles. So it's not like it's not inventing the wheel. It's just bringing some of the subjects that they already have together. And showing kids that they can actually form something and create something from themselves, and it's a possibility. Like any other thing, is a possibility, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, so I guess, Susanna, this is it for my question. So, if there is anything that I did not ask about, something you want to add, uh, this is the time. Go ahead. Uh, no, I think you got all the way. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. Thank right. You. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot for your time and uh, good luck with everything that you're doing at uh, Ruffle AI, but also with this uh, project of yours with Educational. Great. Thank you. And this is it for our today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like our show, follow us today wherever you listen to podcasts. And if that place has a possibility to rate and review the show, please do that as well. Our audio engineering is done by SoundPulse, that is sound-pulse.com. Your questions, suggestions, and opinions are very welcome. Please send them to podcast at tech.eu. This was TechEU Podcast. I am Andrew Daigler, and I will talk to you again very soon. For now, take care and enjoy the rest of your week. Bye-bye.